Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post game show. Hey, howdy ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 435. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for some part of Reddit, and we're doing it live. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Andy, also known as Sandman. How you doing, brother? Oh, you know, another Sunday. Last Sunday was fantastic. I, like, sat around. I didn't have to worry about anything. I watched some football I didn't care about. I had zero emotional ties. I went went into Monday feeling okay, which doesn't happen too often. And then today, so hey, we'll see. We are potentially looking at two top ten picks this year, my friend. And uh, as Mike or Mike says in the chat, we're sitting at pick number one. <laughs> <laughs> we're number one, baby. We're number, number one. one. We won't even have to trade one of those top ten picks away to get a new quarterback. We'll talk about that. We got a lot to talk about today. Today's game. We'll cover Coach Campbell's post game press conference. He'll be there. We'll have a roundtable discussion about the game, and we'll take your calls live, like we always do. Got all that going on, a whole lot more. Great show lined up. Sam, man, you ready to go, my man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Yay. Um, I think the Packers are still getting beat. Got that going for us. Yeah. By the Commodes. 21 right now, looking all right. Commodes got the ball. That's good news. We can look at that. We can. It's always. It's always like when you have someone else's demise as the thing you can cheer about. It just says a little something about you, or at least where you're at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all we have as Lions fans. We just root for other people's to also failure. Yeah, so, yeah. Just one of those, you know. Join us in our misery. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so here we are. Let's let's talk a little bit about it. Um. I'll say you're going to hear me complain about the refs today. You are going to hear me complain about the refs. The refs are not the reason we lost the game. It's possible. And we've seen it many times that the refs are an absolute shite show, but we lose anyway, even without the refs help. There was help. There was help, but we still would have lost if we played this kind of a game without the refs. Um, But this was ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> there's so many so many i mean romo i i actually in the slack i was mentioned i feel like romo was actually just trolling lions fans by keeping keep bringing up that interception over and over because he knows how lions fans see see about refs yeah. and stuff i think he was just taunting us no i think like nance came out a couple times and was like that's weird <laughs> you know after uh you know jefferson got picked up and slammed down you know, they said, oh, well, Gene Serator came out over the mic just to us, not to everybody, just to us, and said that should have been a 15-yard flag. You know, and at the end of the day, I, that none of that stuff cost us the game. And I'm, You know, I'm sure there's missed yep. calls the other way that we just don't see. But, man, it's frustrating. Yeah. Every week. Every week we, we see stuff like this. And I think this happens to every team in the NFL, but not on a weekly basis. It's like us and the Browns. Hmm. Just, it's a hard to, and it's hard to rationalize and even talk to other fans about it. To be honest, you either experience it or you don't. Yeah, yeah, and and it is it's exactly that. It's this this ongoing, just epic kind of this this constant hill, right? I mean, the seven layer dip hill, Patricia Hill, 
Mount Patricia, whatever the hell we call that. It, it, it's in everything we do. Everything is uphill with this damn team, man. Everything. Now, let's talk about some of the good things that happened. All right. Um, the defense came in and played up until garbage time. Up until garbage time, the defense played pretty well. Like, very well. Completely different than what we saw. I mean, Glenn and Campbell and the redo on on bye week and the retool that was awesome. Can they can they do it? Was it that they schemed against one team for two weeks, or was it that they made fundamental changes? Josh Josh Pascal's back. That was awesome. Uh, he was helpful. Hutch got two sacks. That was great. D looks so much better, so much better. Um, but that offense definitely regressed. <laughs> it's it's insanity to me. We were talking about this a little bit before we popped online here, but we're in such an awkward space as Lions fans because we have a coaching staff that gets it. Campbell gets it. He knows. Thank you, Chris, for the for the picture change. Just to help some folks out. Just help, help everybody out. But go, Campbell gets it. He knows. What I saw today, I'm going to have to rewatch the game, but this looked like a complete defensive retooling. This is... This was a different scheme than we've been playing the rest of this year. We saw more cornerback switching. We saw the cornerbacks closer to the line of scrimmage on the outside, helping hold contain. I mean, Okuda, I don't know how many tackles he ended up with. More than 10. Yeah. He, yeah, he like, was like 14, was I think. Yeah, he, Okuda was incredible out there. Much, and much that's love. that's scheme. Like, they, they made the change. They got together as a staff and said, it's not working what we're doing. We need to do something different. And they did it. And it made a difference. The and the players is, executed. The players executed, it, too. The yeah. players executed. The, the problem is that we have so many deficiencies that it doesn't matter how we lo- We're not losing the same way every week. We're losing different ways. One week, it's the offense literally scores zero. The next week, we give up 500 points. You know, we give up insane yardage on the ground. Uh, other times, it's penalties. Other times, you know, like literally, if there's a way to lose, the Lions have done it this year. And I don't know, as a coaching staff, how you solve across the board potential incompetence on like a week in week out basis. Yeah, it's getting crazy. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and it is like there, there's so many ways. Like, you, how many fingers can you put, put in the dike, right? With that many holes, and um, now uh, my brain didn't go there. You be you be a good boy. <laughs> I was laughing about something. Else, um. Logan here. I'm sick and tired of it. It's not the ref's fault. I can't participate in some chats because of it. There doesn't have to be one reason. Admitting the refs are one doesn't mean you're excusing the refs. And this is, I think, just not just to end the ref conversation here, I guess. Um, It was absolutely one sided. Absolutely one sided how this game was called. The The Decker holding was bullshit. It was inside the pads. I mean, that's part of the game. It's it's not the interception, of course, was one. Dick Campbell, this is his one, the biggest failure, I think, of coaching today was the not challenging the, that ass spot. Like when the refs were talking, was it a touchdown? Was it a touchdown? And they're like at the the yard and a quarter line where they pay, where they where they spotted the ball. That was so far freaking off. You see the picture. It's a foot from the goal line. <clears throat> Can't fumble the ball. You know, ahead of that play, Jamal Williams had a zero percent statistical chance of fumbling that ball and losing it at the at the um, at the goal line. So that that wasn't you know what was going on or what was what what the reason or whatever. I don't know. Let me get Dan Campbell here. He's on right now. Before 
breath on the waves fumble when you threw your headset. Was that just in the moment, or do you feel the weight of the sea? No, that was honestly. You know what that was? That was more for the fact, the challenge that I didn't get that challenge because I was waiting on her. If you want to know the truth, that's what that was. And then, um, anyway. You are a guy, though. So, what what is your overall level of frustration right now? Yeah, look, I'm frustrated, but I'm not. I'm frustrated because we're losing. I'm frustrated because of, you know, I'm frustrated from losing, just like I was last year, just like I was any time I lost. It's just like I was at New Orleans when we lost a game. And, you know, it, you, you don't like to lose games, you know. And uh, But I'm not down, and I'm not losing confidence. I'm not uh, going to go hide in the corner. I'm not – that's not what I'm about. Because I know – we dude – you change a couple of things, man. You take care of the football. You play your game plan the way you should, and all of a sudden you win, you know. And uh, so we got to keep this in, uh, in in the true perspective of the fact: hey, our defense is playing pretty good football right now, and we got to continue to do that. And if we do that, we can alleviate some pressure now in all three phases. Thank you, James. Or the other two, and now we can start to, um, you know, you can help your other units out a little bit. So. That's why I'm encouraged. I hate losing, but I'm encouraged by that because I know we'll get better offensively, and uh, it won't always be like today's game plan either. Is he Mega Man of the When there are positive things, like you said, and it just really comes down to turnovers. I mean, can you coach against turnovers? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do it every day, you know, and uh, and then if you know somebody. Yeah, I mean, you do. It's a point of emphasis. I mean, we made a point of emphasis on getting takeaways this week. It was a huge point. We got one, you know. We got them in practice, too. So, um, you know, you just got to continue to reiterate those things. And if you can't hold on to the football, you can't play for us, you know. I mean, that's it's, it's too devastating, you know. Uh, we, we, we're not in the position to overcome those. Maybe tough to you know find silver linings. Just there? mentioned Josh. You know Kirby obviously had to hit that, that forced the turnover. It was Aiden, awesome. Aiden had a couple tackles. Sure did. Um, so your rookies, your young core, I guess. How how positive do you feel about sort of what they can be, what they are becoming? Maybe? Well, you look you look out there at one point, and there's Hutch, there's Pascal, there's Rodriguez, there's Kirby, there's AJ Parker, um, there's Mac. You know you're looking at how you just how young this defense is you know and that's encouraging because that's that's really the nucleus and core of our team and that's uh and i think those guys are are going to be pretty good football players and are are just every week getting a little bit better so that's that's good I, i'm not sure yet i'll find out here in a little bit yep. all right there you go coach campbell angry man He is fired up. He is mad. He's tired of this shit, too. Yeah. Excuse the language. Well, I excuse it. (laughs) You know, this is why I have I'm struggle with Dan Campbell. I don't know if his coaching is up to snuff, but as a leader and as somebody who I can see, he feels the same way I do and that he cares. Ah. How, how do you fault a guy like that? So here you he go. He wants this... to win so bad. You can see it. Other coaches that give coach speak that, you know, are even keel through all their press conferences. That was always the knock on Caldwell, right? Say he was never high. He was never low. Uh, Campbell just lets it out, man. And he'll throw players under the bus that should probably be under the bus. And that's... You know, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes, but 
that's kind of the thing, right? This is Caldwell. How many people are screaming we should have kept Caldwell still today, right? I'll get Caldwell back. They still, I mean, people would, would take him back today. It feels like right now, Dan Campbell in on his growth curve is an, a, a Jim Caldwell that wears his emotions on his sleeve. Caldwell was the leader of men, brought these guys together, got, you know, got them to play their hardest and, their, and, and give what they had. Campbell has a much worse roster than Caldwell had. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone that, that, that disagrees with that. He's getting the most that, is, that he can out of this roster. Are we, you know, people that are saying toss him out, are you about to toss out another Caldwell? A guy that maybe has a chance. I mean, and, and the thing is, is he's on a growth curve, right? You don't know what you've got in Dan Campbell yet, what he is as a coach. This, this is hard. People, I think he did a good job coaching the game today. I think the missed challenge was a mistake. Um, but what they did with that defense, how they retooled the defense, I think that was a super positive. And, and it did all fell apart when the game was already gone anyway. You know what I mean? And I think that was, that's something else at work than the game plan and whatever else. I mean, the the fumbles by by golf in particular <laughs> put some points on the board but Whew. here you go uh riz's article is up uh on lion's wire it's despicable how bad the, the ref screwed the lions there it's a direct quote from lion's sideline voice tj lying from the fourth quarter of sunday's law yeah yeah, it was it was a it was a wreck. So yeah, and once once again, I think every team, you know, I don't I don't necessarily want to talk about the refs too much, but every team gets screwed by the refs. But it seems like the Lions get it often. It's not a once or twice a year event for them. It's a I sixteen had, times a year event. Seventeen I, times now. <laughs> I had PTSD on the Jerry Jacobs. Uh, interference penalty. Not that it wasn't interference, right? Because he didn't get his head around or whatever. Yeah. But Jerry Jacobs was just Hitchens <laughs> from when they picked up the flag. I mean, it was the same play. It's the exact same play as when they picked it up and picked up the flag in the Dallas game. It was it was face guarding. It was exactly the same play to the opposite side of the field, and they picked up the flag in the in the in the uh, the playoff game. I, I about freaking exploded in that moment because I just want consistency and and like the the screw ups today were all in one direction I I didn't see a blown call the other way and again admittedly I've got my Kool-Aid my rose colored glasses on I wasn't specifically looking for that but today was kind of an egregious example of this is again when you get the uh you get the uh, you get Vegas involved. You get gambling involved. You gotta have transparency because uh, something as egregiously as egregiously bad as what happened today from the refs just makes it seem like this is kind of a rigged deal. This is this is not. And I'm not saying it is, and I'm not saying that's why they lost. So please stop. Like, these things can all all be true. The Lions played poorly, and the refs did this. Mm-hmm. But and I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm just saying. You know, again, I work in a business where that you you have to avoid even the implication or putting yourself in a position that looks like you could be doing something illegal. This, you know, there's millions, billions, probably of dollars at stake going on here, and they don't do anything to put forth the transparency or create an implication or a, a perception that it's completely above board, and they actually make it seem like it could be messed up. And I think that's that's a real error on their part and uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a you know thing. and it's it's you know i don't know if any of you guys have watched the tim donahy i think that's his name right the nba ref that was caught yeah, gambling yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know documentary i didn't take away a lot from that 
you know, gambling wise. I don't think there's a lot of NFL refs that are gambling and making money. But it, during the documentary, they Tim Donahue came out and said that the NBA would come to the refs and specifically let them know you do not call these certain calls against these certain players. You don't call traveling against Michael Jordan. You don't call blocking fouls against Akeem Olajuwon. You just don't because they make us money. They make us money. Yeah. And, I, you know, whether that was true or not, I think that there's truth. There has to be some sort of truth to that, that whether the refs are inherently doing it or not, who knows? It's it, You have people involved with calling games like this. It's never going to be perfect. But Yeah. Yeah, the call, the it, holding it, it call on Anzalone. It's extra I mean, frustrating. It's, it's, then it's extra frustrating when the Lions play like crap. On top of it, right? Yeah, it was a close yep. game until the fake interception, and then and then this is this is so Lions. This is so Lions, and this is this is where that SOL thing just seats itself and makes <laughs> itself reality. Right? They collapsed. After a shitty call from the refs, we saw it with uh, in Dallas with a picked up flag again. We saw it in when they were in a playoff game against the Saints. And these are years ago for younger fans. You don't remember what playoff games look like with the Lions other than it's like a loss. Um, but <laughs> those the, the teams absolutely collapsed after just abs, just terrible calls. And this is like, wow. How does that happen? How does a, a call every time if you see good teams overcome it, right? That's what everyone says. But I've seen bad teams overcome bad calls, too. For some reason, this team, it's almost like the signal flare goes up. All right, throw it. It's it's over now, right? And they just, everything goes away. They were yeah. solid up until that point, that very moment. They were solid as fuck. I don't know what happened. And it, it's it's like not even that the team collapses. It's like the universe comes together and says, Time for the Lions to lose. Yeah. As is tradition. Every every Sunday. And fans. Like that, that Jamal Williams fumble is insane to me. He's fumbled. That's his third fumble ever. His first, for lo- his first lost fumble. Yeah. And his third <laughs> ever. That is what a time to have that fumble. When we could be taking the lead in the fourth quarter. The defense has been playing good. All of a sudden, the momentum has shifted. And then it's just, you know. Football, you know, it's the most Mm. horrible cliche, but football is a game of inches, and that's so true. It's so true. The Lions are less than six. (laughs) 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 All right, so that's it. That's our moan about the refs. I wanted to get on. Let's let's get Jared Goff on real quick. He's on the press stand. Execute when we have to, and um, starts with me, and uh, it trickles all the way down. But uh, plenty of chances today, and and didn't take advantage of them. Jared, you've said many, many times before. You're not looking to make excuses, but when you lose St. Brown early in the game like that and you're already down, swift charts, how, how difficult is it as a QB to, to kind of adjust your game plan on the fly? Uh, yeah, but it, it, we, we got guys capable of doing it, and uh, those guys obviously are critical for us, but um, we've got guys you know, coming in, replacing them that, that are plenty capable. So um, I feel confident in those guys. Walking up late, obviously. So sorry if you already detailed this, but the first interception. Yeah. What can you just explain the? Take me through that. Yeah, I was trying to kind of throw him back shoulder, um, and just you know, kind of trying. It, it wasn't a great throw. The kid made a good play, and um, wish I would have had it back. The, the Did one you see the replays on the screen at all? Did you think the ball hit the ground? I don't know. I didn't see it. The ones late, and you chalk that up to just. Obviously, having to make a play, hold the ball. Yeah, trying to. Yeah, trying to. Still got a hold on the ball, but trying to 
the one I didn't see on the second one. I got to just hold on to it. But yeah, trying to extend the play and uh, make something happen. Um, but yeah. Regardless of the circumstances, just goes without saying, I guess, that in general, you guys have to be more ball secure. Take absolutely. Care of the ball better. Absolutely. Starts with me. And uh, yeah, but absolutely. We take care of the ball today. We probably win. Talked about St. Brown being really received, uh, quarterback friendly in the way he comes back to the ball and finds space. Should, should Josh have done more on that, the depot if you're throwing? No. He's fine. You guys weren't on different pages, though, just given that you were throwing back shoulder. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he, he may have got turned around a little bit, um, but no. He, he ran the route, and I got to put a better ball on him. When you, when you have turnovers like you guys did today, and you in particular, I guess, just to speak for yourself, is that about trying to do too much, you know, trying to... At the end, that? probably. Yeah, the end was, you know, the, the sack fumbles was probably trying to extend the play a little bit more than I typically would if it was regular flow of the game. Um, but yeah, the, the, the second one, they, we we're punting. If it's incomplete, just put it in a place where nobody can get it, if that's the case. And the first one I've talked about. There are going to be days like this for professional athletes always. So what, what is your approach to, to bouncing back from a particularly rough yeah. individual performance? Yeah, it's uh, it's all I know is is come back on on Wednesday and uh, really tomorrow, but come back on Wednesday practice and you know show them who I am and your your character is revealed in moments of adversity and um, certainly we've been through our fair share of that in the last couple of years and this this time's no different so um, allow them to see who I am and and uh, keep fighting. Is that a much more conservative game plan than typical today? Obviously, due to their defense, but no touchdowns, second straight game for the for the offense. Yeah. Just uh, I don't know level of concern if there is any about sort of. You know. Yeah, just we got to we got to execute. We got down there and, and um, you know we got we got to finish it. We got to execute and uh, create some more explosives and some somehow some way and uh, take care of the ball. You know, it's, <laughs> I know it's kind of cliche, but we take care of the ball and we execute in the red zone. We probably won the game and we didn't. Always beat himself up pretty good in there, just yeah. as a leader, a teammate. I don't know. Do you look guy aside? What do you say when you know, teammates? Yeah, he's of? he's extremely passionate, right? And um, a guy who doesn't take that stuff lightly, and uh, there is no harsher critic of himself than him. So uh, you know, you pick your teammates up. I know he's I know he's going to be down, as you know a lot of us are, but you pick him up and uh, be the leader you say you are, and, and and make sure he knows that we we got his back. They didn't take it away. They gave it. Uh, I think the play that Seven made early was a hell of a catch. Um, they were both really good catches, actually, both interceptions. But, yeah, we gave it to them. I mean, uh, yeah, again, like I think you can kind of separate them a little bit. The sack fumbles were unfortunate, but um, at that point in the game, trying to extend the, extend the play and uh, take care of the ball either way. But the, the two interceptions are the ones that I'd like to have really have back and um, really give us a chance to win the game. Thanks, Jared. All right, there you go. Felt like Jared was heated for Jared, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, he, he knows that he played like crap. I don't think that he has any, you know, Illusions. he knows. I, I will say that this is the first Lions team that I can remember where you can tell that people are angry about losing. And I remember back in the day, we used to get a lot of comments on, uh, hmm you know, forums back in the day before Twitter was the biggest way to do all this stuff or Reddit or whatever, where people would get mad at like Darius Slay and other guys handshaking and laughing after we just got blown out. Mm-hmm. This team is not like, is not that. No, they, they're, you know, they'll be cordial 
but you can tell that back in the rooms, ooh, you know, and that that's not leading to us winning right now, which no. is problematic. But I don't think passion is is our problem. No, no. And I I would say that the team coming out and looking the way that it did at the beginning of this game defensively, um, you know, none of those guys have given up on this on this year. They're all still playing hard. You can say that they're professionals. They're being paid millions of dollars. That's what they're supposed to do. But it's been proven time and time again that that's not what these professionals, not what all of these professionals do. You know, guys give up. Guys, you know, phone it in. Make business decisions, right? Business decisions. Like we have Michael Brockers that was a healthy scratch today. And that seemed like that was a good move. Yeah. And I do want to talk about Pascal. Yeah. Why don't you? Why don't you hit that? Why don't you talk about Pascal? I'm gonna I'll, let me give out the number first, and then um, we'll get. Let, let's you kind of do a little bit of a thing on on Pascal. Give us your thoughts, and um, I'll man the phones. It's two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four. Give us a call. We'll get you on the show live, and then also you can uh, ping us up. Uh, if you use Skype, it's Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. So get in. We'll get you live on the show. Um, Josh Pascal, what's what's the thought, Sam? Man, I mean, you, I I couldn't believe what I saw today. So he's a second round pick. You have to have fairly high expectations for second round picks. That's just kind of the way that it is in the NFL. Yep. But he came out with a vengeance today. He was disengaging from blocks like the other players had both their hands in casts. He was running to the ball. He was making the proper gap fills. He looked like an all-pro defensive tackle. And then they moved him out to the closed defensive end position when we were in heavy sets, and he crushed it out there. All the things that we were hoping that he was going to look like, he did this game. Now, it's one game out of a hopefully long career, and who knows, and he's fresh, he's, been, he's rested, but he, he filled a ton of holes that we've been missing on this defense. He was filling the gaps. He was allowing the linebackers to run free. He blew up a couple plays towards the sideline, which has been our Achilles heel on defense all year up until this point. So, you know, I don't know if it's defensive change a little bit or just him, but, man, it was it was exciting watching him play. Yeah. It, it really was. Yep. He... I loved what we got out of him. I lo- I absolutely loved what we got out of Josh Pascal today. He was, um, I saw somebody in the chat say it, it probably some conditioning issues because towards the end of the game he wasn't there as much, and obviously to be expected, not playing all season. But he, early he might have on, even bet on a pitch count. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that's very true. Um, but when he was out there, you, you you saw you saw him move, saw him move, saw him move people, and it helped Hutch. I mean, it, it helped Hutch. And um, can we also say just from from a young guy that that hit from Kirby Joseph? Can we can oh. we just say that was incredible? I mean, I love to see an uh, opposing player doing the windmill impression, but boy, <laughs> Joseph just spun Brown all, all all the defensive backs. It looked like a whole new outfit in the back back seven. It did. Yeah, we, like we had Anzalone running the fastest I've ever seen him run. You know, I, like I would be interested to see how fast he got up to on that Tony Pollard, where he outran Tony Pollard to the corner. That's crazy. And then you have Kirby Joseph flying around making tackles. Okuda looked like a man on a mission today. He looked like the best defensive player we had. 
which is we need that so bad. <laughs> we need <laughs> we need him to hit so bad. Mm. You know, basically all the guys, you know, like Parker didn't look so hot at times, but he's in a weird spot, you know, like it's our guys aren't necessarily in the best position to succeed right now. Nope. And when they when they do succeed in situations like this, I think we have to give them major props. Like Joseph Kirby looked out of place when he had to take over for Walker. Yep. But yep. now he, he didn't look out of place today. He looked like an NFL safety. And that's exciting. That's exciting. The more young guys we can get coming in that can start contributing year two, three, four, that's where the rebuild, you know, that's how strong rebuilds are done. Yeah. Yeah. That and um, Kirby wasn't supposed to start, right? <laughs> Tracy yeah. Walker's injury got him out there. And to a point where he had to start, where the team had to have him start. So it's going to take a little bit for a guy like that to get up to speed. And he did well. He did very well today. I've been happy with, even last week, he had a couple of really good plays, or the, the week against the, the Patriots. Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink? Hey, guys, it's Ben from the OP. Hey, uh, a couple of bush lights, not too, not too crazy. Yeah. A couple of bush lattes is okay. It's just a little something to numb it, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what do you got for us, brother? So my first question. First question, do you think uh, the refs were taking revenge on us for Jamal Williams nailing that referee in the face with the football? Because I thought that was hilarious. And <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I did want to talk about this. I, I kind of forgot about it because I got into the swing of things. But I, I need to see, like, a blown back view of how Jamal threw that ball because he that ref wasn't even – remotely looking towards him hadn't been looking towards him it's not like he was looking at him then turned away to t- start talking that made no sense i could him throw it. him the ball and I hit him right in the, in the replay i don't know the if point he threw of the it ball. to the other guy but it did direct hit him in the face tonight i think and we should just start more of that he, um he was laughing to be honest the, he, he was the the ref was laughing about it when it happened he recognized oh that's funny whatever but the other guy did you see how serious he was and i, I think it was because he put his hand oh, on yeah, his shoulder was, was like sorry get, sorry right and i was like oh you can't touch him right and that's i think where he got all, like, I all thought that was gonna be a flag for touching the ref yeah, and yeah, we were gonna be yeah. <laughs> i think all, all lions fans in that moment were holding their breath waiting for the 15 yarder and for jamal to get removed from the game just for touching the ref on the shoulder to say oops punch in the head oh man that was great yeah thanks for bringing that up man because that was definitely <laughs> next time throw it harder <laughs> look, look, at, look at us laughing i think that was my favorite play of the game <laughs> <laughs> thanks jamal um what was your second point ben you said you had two things bro <laughs> uh well i just how about jeff akuda today that's that's what i got he uh yeah, hell of a game. I, I, know, I watched the end of the Commanders game. Awesome that they pulled it off. And I, I'm watching San Fran, Kansas City right now, and I think Jeff Okuda just had the first tackle of the game. He was just, he's just everywhere today. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like we're gonna, I'm gonna, when, on my rewatch, I'm gonna watch Okuda very specifically and see how they were using him because. He was. He was everywhere. He was making tackles. I don't think he had a missed tackle. He was in on plays way far away from his starting spot. He was playing hard. This yeah. the, he didn't look like a guy on a one and fourteen, one and five now. No, he did not look like that. He looked like this was a playoff game. And honestly, yeah, guy, guys was, like that are good for your game. locker room. Guys like that are good for your team. 
And for all the crap that I've given the Jeff Okuda pick and, you know, all the injuries he's had and the unluckiness that everything's been, man, games like today really just bring back hope that that's not a wasted third overall pick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right, Ben. I appreciate the call, man. Yeah, you bet. All right. Be good. Have a good one. Stay stay warm up there, bro. All right. Yep. See you guys. All right. Life up in the AP. I loved it. I used to go up to a place called Waters Meet, way, way out in the west side. It was uh, about 30 miles north of Land Lakes, Wisconsin. We'd just go way back in public land and just camp in the middle of, like, nowhere. It was it was freaking awesome. Loved it. Loved it. Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, I want to talk really quick about... Um, I'm getting... Oh, I'm supposed to be getting... Don't watch. Okay. Uh, the, cat, the cat's bothering me right now. Oh, wow. Oh, what's Kitty's name? Uh, Coco. It's my mom's old cat. Oh, meow. Meow. <laughs> um, the, 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 someone was talking about the not challenging uh, the, the, the Brock Wright fumble look the thing that challenged there was the the um the spot it wasn't a touchdown it was short but the spot was absolutely horrific i get i get not wanting to give up and again at that point williams had a zero percent statistical chance of fumbling that ball he had never lost a ball in his career so it was just one of those things yeah Yeah, you know i i can't blame anybody for not challenging that number one they may not have even move the ball they may have just said well he wasn't in and this is where the ball is sitting they probably would have moved the thing but i don't know if it matters if you're the lions and you have the offensive line that you have you have to believe that you can get it in from the one with three or four opportunities regardless the williams fumble is really the you know that's the worst that was a knife there's no yeah there's no coming back from something like that you can't fumble on the one someone asked about the suplex uh, yeah, that was a call. I've seen us get called for that. Uh, it might have been even in Dallas, I think, when we got called for that, the the one that I remember the most. Uh, and then there was the hold on the back of Hutch's helmet that didn't get called. You know, no call there. Yeah. Decker gets called for what is not holding by the rules. Um, it was just nuts. The interception that they supposedly review turnovers and then they supposedly reviewed that in New York and you can't challenge it because it's automatically reviewed, quote unquote, but it wasn't an interception. It was crazy. It's crazy. Yep. So, but all those things don't matter when you miss your opportunities as a coach to to uh, coach the game and as players to execute. You can't let go of the ball. You cannot lose the ball on the one foot line. You just can't do that. Well, yeah, sorry, I mean, no, it was the, the yard. We, and we half were line never going to win this but. game with five turnovers. We just weren't. No. And like you can say that a couple of those were garbage time turnovers. At least the one fumble was probably, but five times. Yeah. Five is that's insane. Five is too many. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I saw a stat that after Goff started this year, like with the best statistical season that a Lions quarterback has ever had through the first three games or whatever it was, yep. that he's turned the ball over at a ludicrous rate. Yep. Although I think it's still fewer turnovers than Matthew Stafford. Hey, caller, <laughs> what's your name and uh, how much have you had to drink today? Caller? Bye-bye. Lost him. No good. <sighs> All right. Well, that's okay. Um, 
What do we else do we got? Ashawn Robinson got called for the suplex. Thank you, Pandamine. You yeah. are correct. It was Ashawn. Ashawn did. Yep. And Dominic and Sue got called a couple times, but mm-hmm. Sue Sue's going to get that call because he was kind of an a hole. Yeah. Every time. Every time. <laughs> what happened yeah. to Cephas? Cephas's foot was uh, injured, and he's an IR. His I think his season is over. Um, I think his career is likely over. I'm not sure he's going to make it and stick anywhere at this point. I think he's his, he's done playing football just with all those injuries. Yeah, we have a bunch of guys that are kind of like that right now. Like it's and and you know we can look at this offense overall and say that they had an awful game, but Dallas has a good defense. Mm-hmm. They do. They have a very good defense, and we're missing three of our top five, top six weapons. Once Aminra went out, Swift is gone. You know, and we can say whatever we want about having a good offensive line and that Williams technically got it done between the 20s today, but not really. Not really. Swift adds an extra dimension. And, you know, I talked about it on Twitter a little bit, but Goff, Goff's not going to win you games by himself. He's just not. That's not who he is. Yeah. He's not a Stafford. He's not an Aaron Rodgers. But, and and I keep, I hear that. And I, and I know they're, they're absolutely different quarterbacks, but Stafford didn't win it either. I mean, and that's that, it goes to that one question, and it's not going to be this year. But what if we win a playoff game with Jared Goff as the quarterback? I mean, do you then say, well, Goff is better than Stafford? Because Stafford could never do it. It's a, it's a team game, right? There's so much about the people that are around you. And um, he, needs, he needs good people. He needs good people. You need a good team. And right, Khalif Raymond, I'm not sure how many other teams he makes in the NFL. Just start there. Josh Reynolds was a, I think it was relatively cheap for us to pick up. I'm working from yeah. memory here. He was not a, you know, everyone's scrambling for him kind of guy. Shark, we got, we put him on a one year deal. That was a good move by Holmes. He's out. St. Brown, my God, the concussion. I don't, I didn't even see how that happened. I, I didn't see at all how a concussion happened to him. That's, that's just, that sucks. Yeah, I think somebody just landed on his head and smoked it into the ground and, you know. Sometimes it doesn't take much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, Kevin, remember all that big talk Deuce had in the offseason, hard knocks about making Swift play through things and being more tough? Yeah, and I, last uh, last week he came out on the podium and Swift was talking that way. He's like, I got I to do it. I got to do it, and I'm ready to do it. I want to play. And then all of a sudden the shoulder pops up. It's like iffy. He's got an ankle now? I thought he was out for a thigh. When did the ankle happen, right? I mean... My God. Yeah. No, I I think some of that was talking about Swift getting extra yards. Because if you watch Swift early on in his career, if he's running towards the sideline, he's going to get hit. He's going to go out of bounds. He's probably going to go out of bounds three, four yards before he needs to. Um, And that's all fine and dandy. Um, But Deuce wants him to power through stuff. Yeah. But what we're finding out is that maybe he shouldn't because he's on the sideline now with all these little – Dinger injuries, yep. shoulders, ankles, things that, you know, I don't mind him sitting out an extra week if he's going to come back 100%. Yep. But we need, he's integral. We need him every game. We need him as many times as we can get him. And if that means he gets 20 less yards through contact per game, yep. but we have him 16, 17 times, maybe maybe we do that. Yep. Uh, so thank you, Steve Shattuck, very much. Forearm to the head. I didn't see that. Um, feel bad for Jamal Williams. And then I do too, because that's what he's getting remembered for the one play. He's getting ridden for one play, and it's the only lost fumble in the guy's career. I mean, it's like, Ugh. oh, God. What a time to have it, though. 
You know, it was, it's never at the 50 yard line or the right. 20, right. You know, and people, you know, some running backs just, that just happens. You know, how many times did Adrian Peterson fumble at the one? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Well, there's a lot but going Jamal on. Jamal Williams isn't Adrian Peterson. So <laughs> there's a lot going on at the line. Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink? Yo, I had a lot of water. I had half a gallon. This is Q. <laughs> hey, Q. How you uh, doing, hey, man? What's going on, y'all? I'm coming, I'm coming to see man, you next week, bro. Let's go. So, actually, I switched my chick. Glad I did because I would have literally been caught crying on CBS. Had I <laughs> went to this game, I canceled my ticket and decided to come to Detroit next week. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I think I understand that, like, okay, we're not going to be – we weren't going to be a playoff team. We weren't going to be that good. But the process of going through this still sucks. I hate losing. Yep. I hate being a laughing stock. It's just it's very difficult, man. Yeah. And, you know, we, like I said earlier, we, we've been talking about it. And it's the way that these losses are. You know, like when we're, when we're close. When there's one or two plays that right. you can literally point to and say, this was the turning point. Like, though, these losses are almost worse to me than getting blown out by the Patriots. Like, those are uglier, but, you know, yeah. like, it just we, – we, that was a total team loss. Nobody did anything good. You know, it's it's hard. Yeah, and you're right. We know that we're rebuilding. I thought this was only a four-, five-win team, but it's, it doesn't matter. It still sucks. <laughs> it still sucks <laughs> super bad, you know. You just hope that they can turn the corner at some point and – just so far, not so good. We got someone yeah, in the chat saying um, Dan Campbell should be drug tested. <laughs> man, I like Dan Campbell. And I don't think this is Dan Campbell's fault. I just think you can't turn the ball over. I think another thing with golf, I wish uh, Ash was here right now, but he's got to go. Like, if we don't have an absolute perfect setup for him, then he starts hitting the B button. And it's the same thing. Like, Yep. He can't like I, I think I like the tweet that you uh, tweeted on um earlier in the game said man saying that like he can't he can't win a game for us. That's so true. So yeah, but I don't he, know yeah, if Brad he, Holmes he, has he, some kind of vendetta to prove he's the guy or what, but we need to we need to draft the quarterback. I would agree. I would agree. Especially if we have a top three pick again, like this is a from what it looks like so far, this looks like a great year to suck. So at the end of the day, we can say we're losing it. It sucks right now. But if we're going to suck, this is a great year to do it. You can argue last year was a good year to yeah. do it, too, because I, I still feel pretty strongly about Hutchinson. You could argue there's 60 years of sucking behind us, and we've been doing it great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's never a bad year to be good. I, I, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at. And I, I see, I can see with my own eyes, right, this game. How how much this team is, has improved this week after the bye, and how much better across the board coaching, um, the players. I, I mean, everything is better. The offense is is probably stagnant from before the bye to now, but I mean, the good defense on Dallas aside, right, and and some a couple of crappy calls that didn't go our way, whatever. But I see progress. I see progress with this team. Potentially two top ten picks next year. What a great year, right? I mean. Cool, yes. but it, it's I'm 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 raging underneath the surface about losing. I've I've I'm, and and of this team just being the constant joke. I'm flying to Philadelphia all the time for work these days, and I've got to hear all those muckleheads gabbing about their team. Drives me bonks, man. I I I've been. I mean, when I moved to California, the 
second year. So it was one the second season I was there. So once you get to know everybody and everything, right, and start talk football and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the Lions, zero and sixteen, right? I mean, my whole life, everywhere I've gone, I've worn this freaking Lions tattoo on my forehead, and and there's no. It's just humiliating. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> I know Colin. Shout out to Colin. He was at uh, he was at the uh, the Dallas game today. Good to him and his guys. I'm sure they had a good time. Hopefully, I no heard one that got there was a good them. Lions turnout there. That there was a lot of fans. That it was kind of loud during some of those defensive stops. So oh, cool. It's awesome. Hopefully, no one got murdered in the parking lot. You know, Dallas, how they are. But <laughs> it's just the thousands and thousands of dollars going to these games supporting this team and it's just like it's tough man it's tough yeah. that's a lot of Balenciaga boots man <laughs> yeah I mean and it's a recession see I can cut back on the Balenciaga but this this lion's narcotic man it's got me <laughs> everybody that's in this chat same same yeah I mean it, it's it is it's it's hard it's yeah. hard to quit so, but uh Brokeback Mountain reference <laughs> But, you know, I get over it 24 hours. See you guys in Detroit next week. Let's wait. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yep. yeah, hopefully Let's we can get beat Miami for sure. somehow. For real. Definitely. For real. All right. All right, Q. Thanks for calling, bro. We'll talk to you, you next week. All right. Bye. See ya. All right. Q. Hold on. We got another one coming in. Hey, caller, what's your name? How much have you had to drink? Hey, my name's Corey. Hey, Corey. Uh, hey, Corey. Not a whole lot. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's good. Am I on with you right now? You are on right it? now. This is the thing. This is the thing. Well, hello, sir. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, man. Well, uh, hey, man, it's good to, good to hear y'all's voices. I appreciate what you guys put out there, man. appreciate you. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. So um, I am uh, a couple drinks to eat, I, I suppose. Uh, I always have to eat a, uh, uh edible for a Lions game. Just because of the pain in my ass uh, that always springs up, but at, at the same time, I'm sorry. I got to let my dog in. Uh, Josie, my my girl, says hello. Um, so, yeah, the big thing for me, man, is like I, I see all this uh, criticism with you know the coaching staff and uh, you know fans turning so quick and stuff. And you know, for me, it's just a matter of. Uh, you know, today I think we got a taste of, you know, we got to leave Levi off the board. I think we can all agree yeah. that Levi was a bad decision by Brad Holmes to draft him so early um, with his injury history. Um, it was the COVID year, so maybe there's some excuses to be made there. But I think we saw a, a taste of what Pascal uh, uh, offers, um, opening up Aiden a little bit on the defensive front today. Um, we haven't played complimentary football yet, um, which is so unfortunate. Um, I wish our early season offense would line up with today's defense and we'd have some more dubs. Um, but I think, you know, all in all, I think we saw growth from Dan Campbell today in coaching. Um, I think, uh, we're gonna, we need to see that. Um, uh, I think we can be critical um, of some mistakes he's made and also understand that this is a process. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm just kind of optimistic because the, the grand scheme of trading Stafford for golf is these, you know, another extra pick coming up. We haven't seen JMO yet. Um, and I think anybody that thought this year 
um, was going to be a playoff contention um, when they're literally drafting people that can't in the first round that can't play for the first half of the season, no matter how optimistic the expectations were. Um, you should have known that, hey, you know what? This is a three-year plan, you know? And I'm all for criticizing, you know, coaching and everybody else when they make mistakes. But, um, uh, and I think there have been, been definitely some of them, fourth and nine, Minnesota, you know, we can, we can talk about those things critically. Um, but um, keeping the locker room together is, uh, personally, once the talent's there, keeping the locker room together is more, in my opinion, being the son of a coach of the year in Michigan numerous times, you know, growing up in a gym, all this stuff, keeping the locker room together and having, uh, you know, team camaraderie during a rebuild oftentimes is more important than the occasional mistake because once the, the roster is there, um, the talent overrides the occasional mistake and we're kind of coming out with dubs and nobody's talking about those occasional mistakes because the roster and the talent is there to overcome those when they do occur. That's my take on this, man. I, I think everybody's just got to no, take I, a breath. I think this is, this is like a, me, man. This is a chill. great call. This is a great call because I, I fully agree with you that we all, we all know that this is a rebuild. I, I, you know, they can claim, you know, that we're trying to win now and teams should try to win now, but they're definitely not in a position to win now. We've gotten close. We've been tight. But yeah, when you're using, you know, multiple picks on people that you know aren't going to play right away, that you're going to have to wait on, you're right. Like you, you can't expect to win now with those types of decisions. And when your top guys are making those decisions, it's because they have a plan. You know, and exactly. that's, the, that's the one thing that I feel strongly about with Dan Campbell is that I don't think he's going to lose this team. I don't think he's going to cause this team to fall apart. Now, who knows Absolutely. what's going to happen at the end of this year or whatever, but I'm not out on Dan Campbell. I think he has at least an, a, at a minimum another year here, uh, yeah. but it doesn't make it any easier <laughs> for, <laughs> for people to watch or that are emotionally invested that. I think you'd never get this call on 97.1 or Woodward. It's way too <laughs> sensible. Uh, <laughs> and I think there's something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those guys, those guys are, uh, they just want to be mad and get clicked, man. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, or overly, you know. overly happy. Either one. Right. Um, but here, Kevin in the chat, yeah. it's not a rebuild. There wasn't anything there in the first place. And it's funny because we go back to. Holmes didn't use rebuild. He said more of a retool. Retool. Right? Now, if I if I think about it, if, I, if I've got a machine shop, right, is retool replacing machines? Like, is that like a, like a ground up versus kind of rebuild some stuff that you got? Like, is, like, is it like a replacement of, like, new tools versus? The, the building's the same. It's the stuff that's inside is different. Right, right. I mean, yeah, is that yeah. what he meant? We, we didn't tear the building down. The building's still standing. Did we think we're just getting yeah. a couple screwdrivers, or did we think we needed the whole the whole assembly line replaced? It's interesting. But, yeah, no, he's you're, you're right. He's going to get three seasons. I think um, Campbell has a growth curve he has to go on. 
He talked about Sheila not happy. I don't think, I don't think even in the midst of a rebuild, knowing that you're rebuilding, anybody's happy with not making the playoffs. I don't, I don't care where you are. You, you have a team you want to win. You want to be mm-hmm. put together a product on the field that's a win. And that's like I said, inside, that's the part of me that's raging anger right now. But there's so many good things that are happening on the team, and and I think one of your points about holding the locker room together, it's a heck of a lot easier to hold a locker room together when you're winning every game. Right, that that just almost naturally happens, and you and you you kind of that, yeah. file the little the little mistakes you file on those and work on those and try to make those better. Versus, you know, we're bringing in a whole new machine, right, or a whole new piece of the assembly line, and we've got to make that work. Um, you've got to get the the people to buy in and to play along these players because if you lose them now, you'll never have a culture even as a winning team. That that's my main point. Um, you know, it's, it's basically like, I find that to be a lot more difficult of a skill, um, and an intangible that most coaches do not have. Um, you know, I mean, everybody here, everybody listening right now knows what shape this roster was in. Um, last year we were talking about how thin the wide receivers are and look at how deep they are right now. Um, and look at how the line offense started. Um, so it's just a matter of, yeah, taking the good with the bad, um, and realizing that, I mean, we were in, I mean, what, how much money are we still paying for Jamie Collins and, uh, Trey Flowers right now? Uh, we weren't able, everybody criticizes our off season signings. How much money did we have? You know, um, next year that's off the books. So yeah. I just, uh, the main point though, is keeping the locker room together, you know, um, from a coaching perspective. In my opinion, when you're losing, um, the talent will come with the draft that we have in front of us. Um, keeping the locker room together when we're losing, like the point you were making, I think that that is personally way more difficult of a coaching ability than it is making the right calls on fourth down every time. You know, especially when hindsight is in our favor when we're sitting here talking about it on the post game show. Um, you know, I don't know. That's my take, but, um, I love you guys, man. I love what you put out there. I always appreciate your, uh, I appreciate you. you taking my call and I appreciate you, uh, uh, all the, um, uh, uh, analysis and everything you guys put out there. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate you yeah, saying thanks. that. And thanks for calling in. I mean, really good call and, and, and a really solid take. Say again. I'm yeah, sorry. C-H-U-P-P, Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, man. Gotcha. You. You've asked a couple of times. Yeah, man. I've commented a couple of times and. You're like, I don't know how to pronounce it. And it doesn't have an accent over the P, so it's not Shupa. So it's just like, Chupa. Yeah, brother. Thank you so much. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. All right, man. You guys, we'll you, bro. you guys take care. Okay. No lines, baby. Let's kick ass. We're going undefeated the rest of the year. You got it. You got it. I'm there. It's <laughs> awesome, man. It's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. All right. A lot in there. I think, I think, you know, this is, again, this is probably a good piece of perspective. That was a little bit of therapy for me, Sam. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. um, but you're right. I mean, you start thinking about trying to hold this, this team together at a time like this. It's easy to just, if they, if look, you want to, you want to see Dan Campbell get, cam, uh, get fired, have these players give up on him. He loses this locker room and that's the thing that'll sweep him out. The, the re the reason he's, employed through next year is because he's holding them together through this adversity and the people that walk this 
this road of adversity with him and see the turn, they're only going to buy in harder. And yep. again, if you think about what this team was like when um, when Patricia left, um, the <laughs> the you know nobody wanted to play here, nobody wanted to sign here. You 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 had no means to uh, draw talent in, and you heard it all off season with with hard knocks and everything else. Dan Campbell's the kind of coach I'd like to play for. Players said it; they were all over that. Like Dan Campbell's building something here. Everybody talks about they can tell he's building something here. Even I mean Tony Romo today, and he and he has no problems calling stuff out. I mean he that's one of the things I like about Romo is that he just he doesn't have to bullshit anybody when he's on on the air and uh he believes you know he says look if they're building something there's something good i i rue the idea of tossing it out the window because we just didn't have the patience especially you know people say yeah it's been 50 years what do you mean the patience he's been in this job for a year and six five games six games um i i i think him and Holmes, you just have to see what they do. Could they fail? Of course they could. Of course they could. Could they? They could screw it up, and they could be. They could be not the answer. But I think I'd rather wait, especially after this long, and see rather than just keep throwing the dice and like literally just gambling, just gambling and hoping I pick the winner. Because again, if I make this a, a place where a coach can't feel they have time to put a winning team together they're not going to come here the good coaches aren't going to come here i mean you, you you have to even with gms you get rid of with homes you know good gms don't ever interview for jobs they, they never yeah, they already have one yeah exactly they're not leaving so the idea that you're going to pick up some some you know top shelf gm somewhere you you got to make them you got to see what they have and it takes time it takes time so i don't know <sighs> seeing man Hey, I've got, I got something to ask on the, on, yeah. the, on the side here. If anybody comes across a PS5, not the digital one, the one with the drive on it, let me know. I need to I need to pick one up for my son for uh, for Christmas, and I I can't find him anywhere. So if you see PS5, let me know. All right, with the drive. Super Uh-oh. chat, Chris, a PS5. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh no. That's not how it works. <laughs> I can pay for it. I mean, look, if you want to, it's cool. Like, <laughs> but all right. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. These coaches that came with the players and did not pick, even with Stafford. Um, and this and this is one of the things. I know Stafford isn't here anymore. A lot of people, you know, talk about oh, golf, golf, golf. But we didn't do it with Stafford. We didn't win a single playoff game with Stafford. We had. Did we have an eleven win season one year with Staff? I think so. Yeah. We had a five win season with them too. Um, so much depends on the talent around your players. I and and to be to be completely fair, I'm not sure that Goff is the guy, and I'm not I'm not saying that he is, but he's the guy right now. I, I don't care if you would put. I don't, I'm just gonna pick Joe Burrow on this team yeah. right now, right? He's not gonna do real well, and in in brand new Joe Burrow, three four seasons trying to build, put this this thing together with him with with mm-hmm. bad players, he's probably not gonna grow into the Joe Burrow we see today. I I want us to get. A quarterback, but I don't want us to break a quarterback, and I think that's that's the worry. I think at worst, Goff winds up being a really really good bridge into the guy when the guy shows up. And I think this year is the first year we can say, let's look for that guy. Let's look. For I, that guy. I yeah, I agree. I think you know at the beginning of the year we could look at Goff and we could say, okay, he's filling 
the QB role of what this offense needs, and he's doing it well. But then our players around him start going down, and his play starts decreasing along with injured players. So, you know, losing two wide receivers is like losing five guys because now your quarterback play has dropped significantly. And I think if we're in the position to draft a quarterback this year, we have to do it. I I didn't like the idea of doing it last year because I agree with you that putting a quarterback that's new into the situation isn't good. I would argue that where the Lions sit right now is not a bad landing spot for a rookie quarterback. If Williams was swift, if Hawkinson is still here, um, I don't think it's a bad spot to land at all. And I think it's a good place to learn. But – you know, that that's part of the process is especially if you take, you know, if we're going to call it a retool or a rebuild, but if we're taking a quarterback year three with the staff, we have to give them more time. Yep. If, if they take a quarterback this year, your Campbell's not, be, can't be fired. If you fire Campbell, if you have a, you can't do that. Yep. And that's probably so part that, of the that would be everybody admitting. Yeah. We're, we're still building. Yep. Um, so here we go. You, on what team is Khalif Raymond your number one receiver? But other than the Detroit Lions, right? Number two today, Brock Wright. Yep. <laughs> number three, you finally get to your tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Then Craig Reynolds. Then Tom Kennedy. <laughs> then Josh Reynolds. Jamal Williams, who, who I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but that guy can't catch a ball for if his life depended yeah, on it. Yeah, what's up with that? And then lastly, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, this is this is... What do you do with that? What do you do with that lineup of receivers? I don't care if you're Goff or Stafford or somebody or Burrow or anybody, right? What do you do with that lineup of players? The the it's not that, you know, um Stafford made Cooper Cup look good, right? It's not that that Burrow's making that wide receiver pack look good. He's got good players to throw the ball to. And it's 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 all of them are part of the equation. So, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but yeah, Kennedy and Raymond is your or, or Wright and Raymond is your top two guys. Just kind of belies a real problem of your team, top to bottom. Yep. All right, let's see. I, I begged everyone to point out a place. If you if you know where I can get a PS Five, uh, it's Chris at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. There's an email, or you can DM me or hit me up on Twitter. Looking for that PS Five with a drive. <laughs> All right, let's see. Got that. What else do we have to cover? We got the officials. I, I, I had my moan about them. Oh, God. Them. <laughs> you know, I, I did want to talk about briefly the two-point stance for Hutchinson. He looked so different. And I, I saw it in chat, actually. I don't know where it is. It might have been a while back. Um, but having a power defensive end in this scheme is a necessity to allow Hutch to move to the weak side and be in a two-point stance where he's not wasting a motion, yep. getting from his hand up to his rushing, rushing position. He's already in his rushing position. Yep. You could argue that a two-point stance is not good versus the run, and I would agree with that most of the time. But he looked completely different. And then just the addition of Kaminsky coming back and being able to be a power defensive end on the other side and also Pascal being able to swing out when needed and do that really allowed Aiden to move to where he needed to be to be an impact player. And, I mean, we saw two sacks. Yeah. 1.5 officially. You know, and, and we can say, like, oh, he disappeared for some games. He has, you know, this is a great defensive end year for anybody. 
let alone a rookie, that this is his first year out on a team that doesn't have any other defensive line help until this week, you could argue. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm, I think it's exciting. And that's another one of those things that points towards this coaching staff looking at everything. Like, literally, I think it was Justin Rogers came out and said, hey, I've had people on Twitter saying to me, Hutchinson was in a two-point stance, like 95% of his plays at Michigan. That's where he succeeded. How come you guys don't do that? And Dan Campbell was like, you know, we thought about that, but maybe it's time for us to look into this a little bit more. And then literally the next time that we come out and plays in a two-point stance, the whole game, basically. And, and balling. Like, I, can't, I literally can't remember another coach that was making on-the-fly adjustments that were this noticeable ever. It's such a weird place to be. Do you remember seven layer dips adjustments at halftime? Like literally. Yeah. It, try it was, harder. It was his, it was his, his belt loop. He loosened it up one. Right. I mean, literally that was the, the extent of the adjustments. It was, it was terrible. This is, this is a whole new thing. It's interesting. I mean, you talk about going from one to the other and you wind up, sometimes it feels like, um, maybe they're, um, just swinging a pendulum. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, call. Oh, hey, caller. What's your name? How much you made a drink? Hey guys, it's Flounder. Flounder, how you doing, bro? Thanks for waiting, man. We started talking. Like I, I picked you up What's and we started problem? talking. Then I'm, I'm like, wait, what's that noise in the background? I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, bro. Me up, man. Just listening along, having a good time. Had a had a you know huge like 22 ounce cider and a Oktoberfest and just. Just nice. loving the loving the life, man. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so you're you hey, are I, the, I the voice. You, I, I appreciate it more when you let uh, when you let Andy be in a two point stance. Could you put his two point stance picture back up for everyone? Because I, I think you. that's the right way for him to play. I got you right now. Yeah, actually, that picture is a perfect <laughs> representation of my two point stance. That's what Hutchinson looks like on the line. That's probably why it gets good. That's, that's, I'm thinking that's, that's more that's like Ragnall's two point stance. I, th- I thought that was more like Ragnall. Well, right? When you see that coming at you, you're going to feel like you've won every time. <laughs> hey man, look, everyone needs to keep in mind this game. This is such an emblematic thing, right? The, the Lions can beat the injury bug or they can beat the officials or they can beat the other team. They can't beat all three at once. Mm-hmm. You know, the offense has nobody on the field. We're starting a bunch of practice squad promotions. Yep. The defense has just gotten a couple pieces back and lost other guys. And the officials decide to do a Dallas special again and just fuck us. Sorry. Fuck us every, every chance they get for the whole game. What do you expect the team to do with that? You can only coach your way out of so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were in it, tend to, they were in it within, a, within a score for 78 or 80% of this game. Give them a break, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> it, it, there's there's it was definitely too much for this team to overcome. I, I I just go back, like I said, I'm looking at the the stats. Um, you know, someone said, you know, you, well, you shouldn't need a dream team to be a quarterback, but you got Khalif Raymond and Brock Wright are your top two receivers on this team today. That is that is like you're you're putting, I mean, college players up, right? These are guys that don't make another NFL team, probably. Brock Wright, maybe, right? You guys maybe are watching right? Major League, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell are these guys? I don't know. They're still shitty. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, I mean, it's 100% just, true. Hey, I love like, you guys. The only way I'm, I'm to overcome all these deficiencies are to have say, massive talent. <laughs> hey, I'm going to hang up and listen. Love you guys. But everyone, please keep in mind, this team is like thin on talent, really hurt right now. And the coaching staff has done a pretty good job of adjusting to what they have. 
well, let's just hang in there and say, hey, man, let's just let's go Lions. Remember, next year's our year, and let's just do our best this year. Love you, you guys. You know a great way to hang in there, Flounder? Thanks. Love you, brother. <laughs> All you got to do is go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com, <laughs> get yourself a Hawkinson jersey, and you too could be hanging in there with Lions fans. And if you don't want to, that's cool. You can get your, your Michigan or your Michigan State stuff. You got some, some great stuff going on. I, just, I got... Uh, some sweet Florida Gator shoes. And they look really, I will wear them on, uh, at the, to the game Ooh. Sunday. Sam, and they look really cool. I really like All them. Right. <laughs> Sun makes fun of me, but I don't care. Uh, but all kinds of great stuff. They take a little bit out of the, the profit pocket from, uh, fanatics and they put it in ours when you go to fanatics.detroitlinespodcast.com. Thanks everyone who does that. All right. Woo. All right. We'll put the, we'll throw the core, the number out there one more time here quick. So people can get a shot. Two, four, eight, seven, eight, two, eight, three, eight, four. 248-782-8384. You can be part of the show and join and be one of the callers as well. Um, Two-point stance. Obviously uh, worked for Hawk today. Um, Hawk gets shut down too easy when he's game plan four. He should have Hutch. had 10 to 12 targets. Yeah, Hutch, sorry. I mean, Hutch, you're just reading. Hawk, yeah. they're all in two points. Oh, do fans. Sorry. Hawkins shut down too easy when he's game plan four. He should have 10 to 12 targets today. There's something about Hawkinson, and I like the guy a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it, there's something about him where I don't know if he's not performing at his best. He's not schemed in there at the best for him. I have a sense that we're not going to be signing for him because he's going to want more than we're going to be willing to sign, more than we're willing to pay that production. If that, those words. Yeah. I mean, and way. honestly, he doesn't really have that a lot of production you know he has when when he is the number one target when he's the only guy out there he can produce like he did a couple weeks ago yeah uh but yeah it's he's not a game-changing tight end and to be fair there aren't many game-changing tight ends yep yep you know you have like kelsey kittle was one for a little while you could argue he's not even necessarily one that much this year um it's 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 a hard position to play the real downside of Hawkinson is that he was drafted eighth overall. That's the that's, that's the, the real bummer of the Hawkinson situation. He's, he's a second rounder. We're pumped. I was we just going to say we've broken the second round curse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's it, yeah. No, Hawkinson is. It's going to be interesting to see what happens if he comes back on a friendly deal. I'm super pumped to have him here. I think he's a weapon. I think he's versatile. But I. Definitely, I'm not going to pay him top. I don't even know if I'd pay him top five tight end money. Maybe eight to nine. I don't know. Yeah, five don't to know. ten. I mean, five to ten versus one to five on him, and yeah. I don't. And I don't think he's going to want that, right? And 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 I don't. I don't say it's bad for a guy to get his money if he can get paid. Go get paid, right? Go do it. I hate it. I like him, but um. So he's he's good. He's good. Uh, hockey isn't game changing in Detroit, but it also doubt, uh, no doubt, I could see him joining a strong team and having a career year, continuing yep. the SOL narrative. Right? I don't think that's going to die. I really don't think SOL narrative is going to die until we win a couple of playoff games. I really don't. I, and, and potentially, you have to go all the way to the Super Bowl, right? Um, I don't, and that's probably a conversation that we could probably we could have maybe uh, as we get to the off season. What would it take? to shake the SOL narrative for this team. What, 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 what does this team have to do to shake it? Not, not saying they've earned it now, right? That's fine. But what do they have to do to shake that narrative? That's, a, that's an interesting question. This is the they got to beat, uh, beat the refs, the other team, and 
the injury bugs all, all at the same time. <laughs> we got to get the floundericious triple covered. The, the, the triple flounder. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A dive that uh, would happen in a college <laughs> college movie. Uh, really quick, just want to do the uh, thanks everyone for watching. Please subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button at minimum. I mean, you're here, you're watching it. Appreciate you doing that. And if you can hit the like button, that helps us out. Helps other people find us. Helps us do all that kind of thing. Also, if you subscribe, you get to see more stuff. That helps too. So if you can, we always ask once per show only. So please hit the like. Please hit the subscribe and uh, help us continue to grow the, the show and the channel and help other people see what we do. We appreciate you folks who are doing all that. Thank you very much. All right. With that, Sam, man, let's wrap up. Let me uh, get your take on the game today. Where, where are we, and where are we going from here? I mean, we're we're about uh, to stand up against. Um, oh God, who are we playing next week? Oh, Miami. Duh. Miami. Oh, going to yeah, be yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. No, I. We're in such a weird spot. I, I honestly don't know where I would even say that we are. I, I think that the staff is doing the right things, and then the players are letting them down. And then the players are doing the right things, and then the game plan lets them, lets us down. I think we haven't seen a complete game yet, and I would like to see a few before <laughs> before the end of this year, just to show that we can do. It. Yeah, I think you know a game like today is kind of the this is the epitome of a Detroit Lions football game where we're in it, we're in it until we're not, yeah. and then all of a sudden the floodgates open, and then the game is blown out. And we, we stand no chance. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is the same game I've seen 400 times. And we need to get out of this funk, whether that's getting injured players back. Like, let's see what happens when Williams comes back. Let's see what happens when Jerry gets, you know, more than just a couple weeks worth of practice, get some game time under, you know. But, yeah. Or Warrior played Progress. well today. I mean, our corners played well today. That's that's mm-hmm. one of the a nickel, except at nickel. <laughs> yeah, AJ Parker, AJ Parker looked a little rough today, but honestly, CD Lamb is a tough cover in the slot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, really, that's when I that's when Parker was exposed, was in that scenario. Yeah, and that's that's kind of hard. I, I don't know if I blame anybody uh, for that, but too much. You could cover him. You could yeah. do it. <laughs> no, I feel I, I feel good about the progress of the team. It's not it's the W's, and this is where my frustration lies because that is the ultimate measuring stick, right? That's the ultimate stick for success and pro- progress and all those things. And yep. this team has to pull some W's out. The the defense, the Dallas defense, is really good. They're really good. We played a really good defense, and we scored six points, no touchdowns. That's a, that's a little disturbing after what we saw earlier this season. We watched the Packers lose to the Commanders today. The Packers are on a massive skid. I, I these are going to be interesting games. These are going to be good games. The Lions Packers game this year because I think they're they're well matched. The Lions actually have a shot to to to, to beat them both times. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, if if this is what the Packers are right now, what we're seeing out of them, interesting interesting stuff. Um, and and a, a couple divisional wins, if we're going to pull wins, those are the ones. I mean, think about just, and again, I'm not saying this is going to happen. Please don't tell, don't think I'm drunk, people. Um, but imagine the Lions pull out a sweep on the Bears and a sweep on the Packers this year. <laughs> I mean, so you're a five-win team at the end of the season. How do you feel if that's how you got to your five wins? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking it myself, uh, you, know, you know? Yeah. 
those division wins like that? God. I mean, and, and it's a division where you can do this. It's, it, it's as Logan says, the NFC North is finally wide open. I mean, this is the chance to do it. And if you want to solidify that the rebuild is working and you're doing the right thing and you're pulling it over, mm-hmm. here you go. Beat the Bears, beat the Packers, get those divisional wins. And uh, F Minnesota, like I screamed <laughs> last time we went to the game, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Right into that guy's ear. Yeah. <laughs> he was such a nice, nice guy. Right. I mean, just sitting there quiet with his. Oh, God. Somebody oh. was getting the animosity. He was the closest yeah. guy. Oh, David says I'm cute. Thanks. You're not so bad yourself, sugar lips. <laughs> Minnesota smoking the division. Absolutely. They are. They are. They are pushing in everybody's stool. All right, with that visual in hand, don't forget Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. And also, we'll get into this. Don't forget about us on Patreon. We love you being involved. We got the very, very best uh, chat in Lions land, the most respectful and wonderful chat. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. You sign up for at least $5 a month, and you'll get access to the Slack chat. It was something, it was, it was, it was pretty interesting today um, because there was a lot of, there was actually disagreements about the refs, whether it's the players, which this, but it, it was still pretty respectful all the way through in the heat of the game. I was, I was impressed. Most, uh, most folks were, were, were very well behaved. It's a great place to go. You can disagree with people, have different thoughts, different opinions, but, um, you can still get sound takes and sound people working together and stuff. So I enjoy that. Uh, except Kenyon, he's high during the season. Uh, also follow us on Twitter at DET lines podcast, DET lines podcast, and at Sandman seven, 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 three, Sandman, three sevens and a three. Um, it. <clears throat> it's the best place to hang out with some of the coolest cats you'll find on Twitter and uh, rise above the dregs that make up most of that platform. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. And be sure to come to Detroit Lions Podcast and subscribe to the podcast because, Andy, you know what we do when they do that, right? I do. We're going to come into your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time. (laughs) I I really meant it. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and someplace on Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.